Welcome to New City Online. I'm Tammy. And I'm Ron. And Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. We are so glad that you're here today. And 2020 was quite the year, but God was faithful. And we're starting 2021 off right with all of our locations worshiping together. And so I want to say a huge welcome to all of our people from South Park, from Matthews, our Idlewild family, and of course our New City Online family. It is so special to kick off 2021 worshiping together. And if you're new with us, we're so glad that you're with us. Go to newcity.us connect, fill out the online connect form, or you can text the number below. And we're so excited about all the new stuff coming up in 2021. The first thing to be aware of is a brand new sermon series starting next week called How to Grow Your Faith. And there's also a Bible reading plan we put together just for you, New City family. You can go to our website, newcity.us slash reading plan and download it there. And today we have a very special interview between our senior pastor, Chris Payne, and Bishop Claude Alexander from the Park Church. So again, we're so glad that you're here today and let's worship together. Good morning, New City. For this is a day that the Lord has made, and I'm making a choice to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm excited to worship with you. Come on, let's worship together. Put those hands together. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry?
everybody grateful? Grateful for his mercy, grateful for his love, grateful for his kindness. He's been a good God to us. It's okay to rock with us.
just grateful to be alive, grateful for his goodness and his kindness because I don't deserve it. When I look back over my life and think about how things have been, I don't deserve the grace of God. So I just have an attitude of gratitude on today. Can we pray together? Dear God, we thank you so much for how you woke us up this morning, how you started us on our way. God, how you provided life, health, and strength in our bodies. God, things may not be the way we want them to be, but they could be a lot worse. So God, for that, we just take out this moment and give you praise, honor, and glory. You said that we should enter into your gates with thanksgiving and enter into your courts with praise. Be thankful unto you and bless your name. And God, we bless you for your goodness and your kindness. Now, God, as we go into the service, God, creating us a clean heart, God, and renew the right spirit within us so that we can receive your word and that we can leave better than the way that we came in on today, God. We speak nothing but victory healing, deliverance, breakthrough. We even take the limit off of you, say just have your way. And we count the victory done in advance. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. God bless you all. Happy New Year, New City family, and thank you for joining us today at New City Online. We know many of you have been celebrating and spending time together and are still traveling, and so we wanted to be aware of that and to be safe. And so thank you for joining us for this first worship service of the year at New City Online, and I am very excited and honored uh, to be sitting here with my friend, Dr. Claude Alexander. Uh, Claude is the pastor of the Park Church here in Charlotte for 30 years now, just celebrated 30 years as the pastor of the Park Church here in Charlotte. Very influential church that's had a huge impact on our city through his ministry. He also is on various boards. He's routinely voted as one of the most influential people in Charlotte, has had a big influence on my life. I'll mention a couple of things. Uh, he has been on the board for the last decade plus at Christianity Today and also chairs the board at Gordon-Comwell Theological Seminary, where we are both fellow yeah. alum. Um, I'll, I'll share a quick story. Uh, Claude was getting his doctorate when I got my MDiv, and uh, the church that we were at for that uh, graduation was filled with many of your family and friends. And so we got the, to be beneficiaries of your friends and family members who had gathered to cheer you on because they cheered for us too that day. Um, so it's been a joy to journey with you here in Charlotte and continue to do ministry with you. And thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Happy to be here with you. So we're going to have a conversation today uh, entitled What Matters Most? And uh, I did want to just read a passage of scripture that I think is meaningful as we open up today from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse mm -hmm. 11, a familiar mm -hmm. passage. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, he just reminds them in some of his final remarks that uh, as you enter into the final days, and we don't know our final days, and he reminds us that we don't know the hour or the time, but he says this in verse 11, he says, continue to encourage each other and to build each other up. And so our prayer today is that our conversation is just that, that it will be a continuation of building you up mm. uh, as a body of Christ and encouraging you as we start uh, a new year, 2021. And aren't we happy for a new year? Indeed. <laughs> Maybe Indeed. more than any other year, we're happy to celebrate a new year with you and to start by worshiping together. 
So in this conversation, what matters most, we actually started this last year at the beginning of 2020. Some of you may remember that Dr. Leighton Ford was our guest here as we had this same conversation, Mm. what matters most, and he talked about listening. Mm. And you can go back and listen to that uh, here on New City Online. That's available. It was the first message in 2020. And little did we know as we were talking about listening that day, what awaited us in the year that was 2020. So I thought I would just start our conversation today, what matters most, by asking you, Claude, what did you hear as we listened in 2020? What did you hear? So is that, first of all, again, it's good to be with you. And um, we just finished our Bible study with First Thessalonians. And so the fact that, that you would mention that uh, is, is really a sign of how God is bringing the church, the big C, to a time of what Leighton called attunement. And that is listening and hearing um, and being oriented and shaped by what God is saying. Sometimes God speaks a word and you don't know how important it is when you hear it. So on December 31st, 2019, the word that God gave me for 2020 was contentment. And, and little did I know how important that word and the meaning behind it, where Paul says, I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. I didn't, I didn't know how important that was going to be and how much 2020 would be about learning to be content. Learning, learning about, it's, it's not how well life is. Contentment is not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about how well you think about what is. It's, 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 it's a mental and spiritual state of being of, of a sense of sufficiency in less and much, and how much that is centered in Christ. That my sufficiency, my my ability to face all things, pandemics shut, shut in deaths of people close, comes through Jesus Christ and how he strengthens me for that. that that's, that's been this year. And I did not know on 12-31-19 how needed that would be for 2020. Yeah, and I love, you know, that whole I, I've learned mm-hmm. um, because we, Paul invites us into his journey yeah. that you don't wake up and you're content. <laughs> right. Or as you right. just reminded us, your contentment is not based on what's really happening outside of you. It's what is happening inside of you, how you think, how your heart being attuned, that, that word to the things of God. Just before we move on, maybe just give us one more practical word for, for everyone watching today as we think about that word contentment. 
And uh, we're finishing up uh, this holiday season and getting ready to start a new year that we're excited about. Um, how did that practically play itself out? I'm sure in a, in a myriad of ways, but as you learn contentment and you talked about being attuned in your mind and in your heart to the things of God, what are some ways in your life uh, for 2020 did that happen? So, so in, in, in my life, one, this, this realization of, um, and Spencer Johnson talks about this in Peaks and Valleys. He says, contentment is, is upheld by humility and hope. He says, humility is, is needed for when things are, are high, you know, and, and not, not, not being hyped on the height of things, but then also on hope, and 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 not being not being taken down by the low experiences. So you need hope in the valley. Hope in the valley. You need humility and on humility the peak. On the peak, and, and and if you are able to to modulate those, then this then this sense of sufficiency. Through, through the peak and, and the valley. So for me, one thing has been, I, I am not what my experience is. So I can experience depression, but I am more than that experience. I, I, can, I can experience a loss, but I am not lost. I am more, more than that. And so really being able to intentionally look at the experiences over which I have no control because they come. I don't want to interrupt oh, you, but I don't want, I don't want right, people right, to right, right. You are not your experiences. Yes. You can experience loss, but, but that doesn't define who you are. Right. So I know for, for so many of us, 2020, and we're going to get to 2021. <laughs> um, but as we look back, as we start a new year, 2020 for many, to use your peak and valley, was a, was a tremendous valley. Just yes. one constant valley. Yes. So maybe just speak to that a little bit about, you know, as we look at the circumstances around us, that, that is our circumstance. That was our circumstance. For many of us, is even, even though the calendar has changed, right. life hasn't changed all that much. Indeed. Um, so I'd love for you just to, to speak a little bit more about that. So I think for me, um, I, had, I had to constantly reframe things. What, I, what, I, what I've learned is I don't, I don't defeat a thought on its own terms. I have to have a bigger thought. That in part might be what Paul meant when he says, taking every thought captive and making it obedient. Okay, all right. So it's not about, don't think about that, don't think right, about right, that, no, don't right, think right. about no, that. No, 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 it's, it's, real, it's, it's realize it for what it is, but you've got, I've got to put it in a bigger context, a bigger frame, right? So I, I do not deny loss. 
I don't deny that. But I, I must see myself as more than the loss. And I must also perhaps see my continuation through the loss as being something to celebrate. What, what really helped me with this, I want, I want to just read one verse that really helped me with this. It's in Jeremiah chapter uh, 45, and God is speaking through Jeremiah to his assistant Baruch. And Baruch has been talking about what he's lost. And God says, guess what? It's going to get worse. And then, and then God says this in verse 5. And you, do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. For I'm going to bring disaster upon all flesh, says the Lord. You can't get much lower than that. But then God says this. But I will give you your life as a prize of war in every place to which you may go. There's the hope. And being able to see my life as a prize. Yes, I lost this. No, I wasn't able to do that. But I'm alive. And my life is the prize. It's a bit of um, Viktor Frankl, you know, talking mm -hmm. about surviving the Holocaust yeah. and how um, he, he had to learn how to see experiences that built significance, not happiness. Yes. That those that were with him experiencing the same thing that were living for pleasure or happiness were so depressed and distraught. Exactly. Um, but, but he began to frame his life around significance yes. and learning about his faith and one of the things I heard you say, which you know may be helpful for some of you who are um, watching today, that you don't deny, no. you don't deny that 2020 was a hard year. Right. You, you you don't you know just just continue to whistle and act like everything's fine while the world is burning burning down around right. you, but you're not defined by that. Yeah. There's something you, you you talked about something bigger, and obviously our faith in Christ and and what He's doing. Yeah. Um, one more word on attune, uh, just being attuned and, and contentment and, and, and thinking about that for 2020 and what God taught you. Well, I think that, that, this, that this notion of attunement and, con and contentment then, then helps you understand uh, Jeremiah 29 a little more, right? With... with, with, um, with, with with the prophet saying, you know, this is going to be over soon. And God said, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 a generation. No, it's going to be. And then God says, okay, build houses, mm -hmm. plant gardens, mm -hmm. marry and be given in, in marriage, right? Seek the peace, right? And then God says, for I know the plans. Okay. But, but, but what does it mean to make peace with where I am? even if where I am is not where I want to be, right? None of us wanted to be in COVID, right? Or shut in. How, or, right, right. But how do I make peace with that? How do I make the most of it? I mean, I mean God says, you know, build houses, plant gardens, right? How do I make the most? How, how do I bring peace 
bring peace. And then, and then, this, then, then lastly, how do I rest in the plans that, that God has for me? Because we want to, you know, we want to skip ahead to right, Jeremiah right, 29, right, 11. Right, 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 right. But seven comes first. Seven comes first, yeah. right? And, and so making, making peace with where I am. It's, Paul says in want and in plenty, right? He doesn't deny the want. How do I make peace with that and then be at peace? with that and, and that's a learning um this year more than any other time what god said to me is it's not enough to read the bible but there are times when god will actually call us to live the situations that we've read it's not enough to read Joe, but sometimes you'll have to be Joe. It's not enough to read about wilderness or exile or imprisonment, but you have to live it in order to really understand who God is in the midst of that. Well, and as, yeah. as you know, many, many, for many people, we are the Bibles that they'll read first. That's right. Before they open up this one, they'll read you right. and your life yeah. and what's happening there. Let's talk about the city for a little bit. Sure. Since you mentioned Jeremiah 29 and that, that great passage. And I actually heard you uh, preach from that passage uh, at a movement day, <laughs> a gathering of Force Charlotte, which uh, the park and New City and Forest Hill and Carmel Baptist and several other great churches here in our city came together and yeah. formed this great uh, platform and organization for Charlotte to collaborate, to spread the gospel and seek peace in our city. Let's talk about the city. What, what, what have you seen in the city this year and uh, what would you want to say? Well, w one, um, I have, I've seen the, the muscularity of the church really be able to step in and address the fragmentation of the city. You know, you mentioned Fort Charlotte and uh, Rob Kelly, right? And so when COVID hit, it was something to see the city manager reach out to Rob. And, and then for, for Rob to be able to galvanize this, this connective network of the body to respond to the very real needs of the city that, that that's been and to see it ongoing that has been marvelous to see and to realize that the investments made several years ago right was what enabled this this to come about so that that's the first thing the second thing of course is is that we, we continue to wrestle with um, the issues of the country. And uh, COVID, COVID brought spotlight upon some things and it eliminated distractions from having to focus on them. And so 
when we saw people respond in the numbers that they did, right? It was because the distractions when we're no longer there. And that was what they could see, and, and they responded to that. I guess the third thing is um, we really have to continue to pray for our elected leaders who, who, are, who are seeking to manage, pivot, pioneer uh, in, in, in some unique situations. Uh, and exhibit courage necessary to lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned um, the situation and the climate, the, the culture in our city reflecting uh, what's happening in our country. Yeah. And uh, some of you may know that um, Claude was a contributor, was an author of a book called Uncommon Ground uh, that Tim Keller put together. If you haven't had a chance to read that or to pick it up, I would, I would recommend it, <laughs> Uncommon Ground uh, by Dr. Tim Keller. And, and Claude wrote a chapter in that. Uh, but really, uh, it's, it's a pr provocative book in the sense of, I think it, it was prophetic in, in many ways, <laughs> uh, written before 2020. Yeah. Um, but I think really um, speaks to the landscape of division, uh, of inequities, um, of pent-up frustration and anger and many of the things that we've seen yeah. um, in the past year and probably will this year as well. I wonder if you might speak to that from your perspective. So John Anazu and Tim Keller, um, John Anazu is a, is a law professor at Washington University. Um, uh, his book, uh, Confident Pluralism, they wanted to bring together this... this uh, wow, this unique group of individuals to really reflect upon personal story and their faith in, in the attempt to provide a different narrative of, of how the faith of the Christian church plays in the public life, right? And so you had people like Lecrae and Tom Lynn. Lynn. So this, this group of individuals and this was in 2018, right? Had no idea what 2019 or 20 was going to be like. And they, they gave us a metaphor each, which they perceived um, to be something with which we could speak into. And so mine was peacemaker, right? And, and what does it mean to be called to a life of peacemaking in the midst of such fragmentation. And it, it, was, it was fascinating to well, do. And speak about that a little bit because um, you talk about that in the book mm -hmm. and you talk about moving towards conflict at times. Yep. Uh, you talk about the difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. Yep. So I wonder just for a, a moment if you might share a little bit about that as we think about a world that desperately needs right. us, as Jesus called us to be, to be peacemakers, yeah. um, what that looks like in our world today. Well, I, I, I think there, there, are, there are several things. One, um, a, a maker of peace has to have experienced peace having been made in him or herself, right? Um, and, and so that, that's... That's the first thing. And I think the second thing 
is, is recognizing that real peace is something that is made in the presence of conflict and tension. So it's not that you lean away from it, but you must lean in into it. So peace isn't necessarily the absence of conflict. Oh, no, 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 no. Peace is what you accomplish in the midst hmm. of conflict. But right? we avoid it. But we try to avoid it. And that's not, that's not, that's not peace, right? That's delay. <laughs> but peacemaking is leading, leaning into it. And, and recognizing that within a society, if we're looking at a societal framework, then, then the bringing of peace always has to involve also justice, making things right, right? Uh, which will often involve sacrifice. You know, Jesus made peace for us by the blood of the cross, sacrifice. There's always something that one gives up in order to make peace. Yeah, and oftentimes we want peace brought to us, right, right? No, we must bring peace. Could you talk about that for just a, uh, in a, as we start a new year, um, as we think about our own situation in life and circumstances, the places that God's place does, whether it's in a workspace or school or in your own family, on mm-hmm. your own street. Right. Um, maybe just from your perspective, um, how to take a step towards being a peacemaker. So if, if, if number one, if I look at, let's say in a family, okay, you and I are brothers, okay, and let's, we're in conflict, whatever that may be. Let's say, let's say um, we have a parent who has dementia and, and we disagree about the care or the plan of care, okay, all right. Um, one step, the first step that, 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 I, that I should take if I'm going to bring, make peace is how I view you, right? If I, if I view you as my brother, right, then that, that brings, that reframes it. If I view you as my enemy, right, there's a different frame, okay? As my enemy, it is my job to defeat you. As my brother, it is, it is my task to live in family with you. So it's how I view you. I have to change my view of you, right? The second, the second, the second step I have to take then, once I, view, once I change my view of you, then I have to... What is common to both of us? Our love for our parent. We, we both love dad. We, we both want the best for dad. We have this in common. And, 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 then, and then the third, if I, if, I, if I identify what we have in, in common, then the, then the third 
third piece has to be, okay, how might you be feeling? Empathy, Empathy right? right? You, might be, you, you might be feeling the same fear I'm feeling, right? Once, once I have done that, then I'm able to say, okay, Chris, talk to me about, about what, what this is really about. Right? And, and you are then able to do the same to me, with me. And we might, we, we might find that we have competing values, each having their own merit. Then it's how do we come with, up with a transformative, creative solution. Mm -hmm. We, we uh, started a conversation this past year called A Just City. Mm -hmm. um, and linking the sacrifice of Christ and who we are now with seeking justice and peace in our own city. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, words that you have given to the church in Charlotte uh, specifically is the fragility of the city demands the muscularity of the church, um, the unity of the church. I wonder if you might just for a moment speak about that of as Christ followers, mm. um, how this has to look different for us. It, it, it must look different for us. Yeah. Well, so, and, and, and this, this notion of demonstrated unity is, 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 the best example that I could give is the image of Peter and John. Two completely different, very different, very different right? Right? E each, each, could have claimed primacy, right? But they're walking together. And, and they were paired together by Jesus because he knew that they both needed each other. He knew that no complete representation of him could be done by either of them alone. But it could be better given by both of them together. That's why when they, they see the, uh, the man at the gate, they say, look on us. Okay, all right. Now, we don't know the inner workings that had to happen in those three years, right, to get them to the point of their walking as they walked, right? We, 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 we do have some hints you know, John was hot-headed, you know, wanted a prime seat. Peter would cuss folk out, ready to fight. But this working of, the, of both Jesus' personal life with them and then the life of the Spirit, right, brings this connectivity. So if we are to be muscular. It is both the outworking of the spirit and intentional action. So it's us having these conversations. It's, it's our serving together. The, the, those are the intentional things. And then it's what the spirit does with those and between those times that causes us to then step in as we have done this past year, right? Yeah. 
we're all leaders. We're all leading someone, even if it's ourselves right now. <laughs> um, sometimes the most difficult person to lead ourselves. There you go. There you um, go. But many folks today are, are leading uh, their families, organizations, businesses, schools, classrooms, um, groups, various groups of people. I wonder just briefly if you might give a word um, for all of us today about leadership uh, coming out of 2020 and as we come into 2021 now, um, a, a focus point um, mm. for, for leaders as we lead into this new year. Mm. That's very different. You know, I think, you know, we've talked about this before together. Um, we're, we're in a very transformative time. Yep. There, there's no denying that. Whether we like it or not, right. the world is changing. Mm-hmm. And for us as Christ followers and as leaders of the various places that God's uh, put us, I wonder what you might speak into that. Well, I, I, I think if, if, if 2020 has done nothing else for us now in 2021, it has given us a greater tolerance for ambiguity. Leaders must have an ability to handle ambiguity well. That, that's... that's um, just as in 2020, there were things that we did not expect and there were things that we did not know. So now in 2021, um, you know, there are things we do not, we, we just don't know. But we can't be paralyzed by the ambiguity, okay? So, so it's living in ambiguity. It's being able to hold competing things well. So for... For us, in-person, virtual, right? Now, um, that there's no longer, there's never going to be a time when it will just be in-person ever again. It's in-person and virtual. And how, how do I, as a leader, live with these, these two and seek to create a creative solution for it so it's 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 ambiguity it's competing values and seeking to find synergy and creative solutioning it is it is the ability to absorb to to process to to grieve, right, and go forward, right? That that because a leader, a leader will always be dealing with loss of some kind or another, absorbing that, processing that, and moving forward. Even if uh, Todd Bolsinger has this quote. People do not resist change, they resist loss. That it's not the change, it's what I perceive or what I'm actually losing. So we're always dealing with this notion of loss. Even for progress, right? In order to move forward, you have to leave something behind. Right. Yeah. And that's I haven't heard that people don't resist change; they resist loss. They resist loss. Yeah. I think that's most of us can relate to that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Claude, we're starting a new year. Um, what matters most? Mm. So, so the word for this year is resiliency. Is resiliency. And, and, and for, for, for me, resiliency is, is being able to absorb, right? Um, being able to, to grieve, being able to come to closure, and being able to move on. You know, life, the issues of the last week of December did not automatically disappear in the first week of January, right? Uh, the example that I'll give you, my mom died December 19th, 2008 and 18. We had her funeral December 27th, but because it rained, we did not bury her until January 10, right? Things didn't end magically. And, and, and for, for those who are listening, the issues of 2020 have not stopped. Now that we're in, I wish that they had, but they didn't. So this notion of resiliency is key. And, and, the, and the, the one that, that helped me with this, 1 Samuel 25.1 reads, Then Samuel died, and the Israelites gathered together and lamented for him, buried him at his home in Ramah, and David arose and went down. Right? So, yes, there was loss. Okay. And we have to grieve that. You know, can't act like it didn't happen. We have to grieve it. But then, there, but then there comes a time when you have to bury, bring it to closure, right? And then arise and go on. And so, so that, that's, that's my thought for this year, right? To arise great word. and go on. That's a great word. I'm going to I'm going to end us there. Uh, we could we could go on, but thank you so much for being with us, Claude, and thank you for sharing that word uh, with us today. And I want to encourage you, New City family, to share this with a friend or maybe family member who needs to start this year, 2021, off uh, with that word resiliency and to think about acknowledging their grief and what's been lost um, and grieving that, but also a time to arise. And, and move forward as we, as we start this new year together. And speaking of, we're starting a brand new uh, teaching series next weekend, beginning January 10th, uh, entitled How to Grow Your Faith. And I'm going to talk about five things straight from the scriptures that God gives to us to, to grow our faith this year, to be resilient, um, to arise, to move forward, and to, to continue to grow and to be more like Jesus in the year 20. 21. So we're going to close this way today. I'm going to ask uh, Claude to, to pray for us, New City family. And um, I know we're virtual today at New City Online, but um, 
would you also join me in giving thanks to, to Claude, wherever you might be today, for, uh, for blessing us uh, with your words to us today. Bless you, bro. Oh, man, it's been, it's been my joy. So as we, as we get ready to close for prayer, first of all, again, I want to I thank uh, the New City family for allowing me this opportunity to, to spend with, with you and your pastor. Uh, I, I am I'm grateful for the way in which he is leading, not just you, but, but how he helps lead others. Um, he is a convener. Um, he is a collaborator. He is a colleague. And we are all blessed by the way in which he helps center. And, and so I am grateful. I'm grateful to you, as I know you all are. May we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we thank you for this, this new year. We thank you, God, that our lives have been a prize. In the midst of all that happened in 2020, you have allowed us to emerge in this new year with our lives as a reward, as a prize of war. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your might and your power. We thank you for your love. And so, Father, on this day, we do worship and glorify you. We exalt you. Everything that has been above us has still been under you. And we thank you for being the eternal God, our refuge, and underneath us have been and are your everlasting arms. And so, God, on this first Sunday of the year, this first fruit of worship, we bless you. We bless your name. And, God, we bring all that we are to you. Every, every hurt, every pain, every loss. We bring to you every aspiration, every dream. We bring every anxiety, every point of ambiguity and uncertainty. And God, we place it before you knowing that you know the plans that you have for us knowing that you have a good and acceptable and perfect will for us. And so, Father, we offer ourselves anew to you. And we ask you, have your way. I pray your continued favor upon Pastor Payne, his family, and this new family that you are galvanizing together. I'm praying for the continued influence that they exert in our city and throughout the world. I am asking God for a 
and increased sense of purpose, passion, and desire for what pleases you. That is so palpable that it is infectious and that people are drawn to you simply by the witness that is lifted by this congregation. Thank you because you are the one who does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. So may you release that now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. receive the blessing that comes from numbers today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance toward you and give you peace. Amen. We'll see you next time.